Welcome to the Sloppy Boys Blowout. I'm the Big Hand Bopper, sitting here with Jeffy Jason. Hi, hello. And Wolfman Tim. What is up? <laughs> okay. Not playing along. I love it. Let's you know, lose I was good about the... Jeff Well, didn't. sometimes it's Jeffy Jason and sometimes it's me. I don't know what to say. Let's lose the silly voices. All right, let's cut that shit. You know, people don't want to... How far are we going to go with this hand bopper thing? Are we going to go on to Well, they like the station? hand bopper. Sure, they like the hand bopper, but... You they know. like everything. They just want to pay their money every month. That makes them happy. That's all they want. Hey, well, you're especially, about one, yeah. especially <laughs> our little... <laughs> yes, we mustn't forget our beloved little... <laughs> we need to know if, if he or she wants to be named anymore, because we did call... Who, say the Ryan? Yeah, Ryan has been outed. I we love that, you, but Ryan. No, I know we did, but I did, that was part of... We don't know if that's part of their... Getting off. Yeah, of yeah, that. yeah. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. Hey, I have a, I have a topic of conversation. I got one after you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you're, I got in before you, so you're just gonna have <laughs> to wait. Well, Shit. it involves the previous topic of conversation of, that you brought up, Mike, which is a few within the last couple of weeks on the pod. I can't remember if it was here or on the main show. We were talking about casting and about how when there's like a young actor playing a role, and then there's a older actor playing a role and they're playing the same role and like where's the handoff from that do you remember why you brought that up what show or movie you had just watched that was sticking in your craw i remember we talked about forrest gump being a good example of it yes well i was gonna ask Uh, we did we talked about johnny cash yeah that movie walk the line did you bring did you bring it up because you were watching yellow jackets no i have not seen yellow jackets you haven't seen it well, I I just uh, spoil away. I don't I don't care. No, I'm not gonna. I didn't even watch enough to uh, give a flying fuck. <laughs> but uh, oh hell yeah! But oh hell yeah! <laughs> That's my boy. Um, <laughs> uh, but the one one thing I'll say about it, I watched a few episodes and the casting in that regard. There's probably the best example ever of like a middle aged actress is playing a role, and then there's flashing back to a young version of her playing the role. And they're so similar mm-hmm. in looks and mannerisms and everything to the point where I was like, I can't believe they got a mother and daughter to play these roles. Right. And they didn't get a mother and daughter. It's just yep. like, this. Is, it's so, it's uncanny. Yep. You know what else did this well? And I'm going to bring it up and nobody's going to care because nobody's going to resonate with it because nobody watches it is Netflix's Dark. Mm. Have you brought that up before? Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's a tough thing to gain any traction because it's a... It is a difficult show to watch, and it's an uh-huh. ensemble thing that is a uh, a low key time travel low key? show that turns into a high key time travel show. High and key? there are <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> there are Stop it. there are iterations of all these characters throughout the years, and they I all I thought they were all like, oh, they got a mother daughter, oh, they got a father son. Mm. No, they just casted impeccably well. Damn. Well, we weren't talking about this, but it, the. The damn uh, Saints of Newark movie did really great casting with uh, with Tony's mom. Tony's yes. mom, yes. Tony's yes. mom, and then she, obviously, she whenever you can cast the kid of a of an actor, like yes, but baby um, Tony sucked. Well, come on, 
Yeah, goo goo. Not it's not the boys' fault. It's the casting director's fault. Gaba goo goo. <laughs> but I was gonna say, uh, putting Ice Cube's son in uh, in Straight Outta Compton was great because I felt like I was looking at Ice Cube. Mm. That was mm. very good. Oof. Shit. Now, Michael, mm. your topic of conversation. All right, my topic today is. Uh, I had a, a show the other night, and uh, a one Eric Kanger showed up. Kanger. Kanger. Eric. King Kang. King Kang. Gave, and he brought me a beer. And I'm reading it now because he, he heard us talking about the um, the sour seltzers. Mm. Yep. But this he brought is, I me. I know what this is. Artisanal. It's from Artisanal is the brand. Warheads Extreme Sour Black Cherry Flavored Sour Ale. Oh my God! You have. So I'm going to give that a whirl. That's exciting. It's it's the actual warhead. It's the red flavor. Artisanal yeah. is such a funny brand name. Artisanal Brew Works. I think they're in Brooklyn. It's so funny for Artisanal Brew Works to be like we partnered with Warhead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know if they. I don't know if this is the type of place that partners. Like it's it's one of these things with like the silver can and then just the sticker wrapped around. Mm-hmm. Like I think I feel like that's a. A level of fly by night. Getting, a, getting away with something. Yeah. A little bootleg. Ooh. Ooh, that is sour. Is it extreme sour? No. The black cherry is, is there, but not, uh, it's not so forefront. But the uh, the sour ale. So I'm is it like huge... sour, like one of the just like those Flemish sour beers? Or does it taste like a candy sour? I think it's the Flemish sour beer with a black cherry kind of. Huh. Tart it's funny because it. there's a bar I go to near me called Tabula Rasa. Mm. Have you been? Yes. No, but Earl Sweatshirt has a new song with that name. Really? Oh, oh way mm-hmm. to go. Congrats, Earl. Yeah, but Tabula Rasa is also, it's like a music genre or something, isn't it? But uh, they, we don't uh, along with many bars, got a hard on for sours Mm -hmm. you can't get a normal Mm -hmm. lager over there a normal Mm -hmm. pilsner they'll they'll do one for a guy like me but other than that it's like ooh, you gotta try this sour Mm. Ooh, you gotta try this bitter bitter ale i hear you yeah what if i happen to just get a nice old-fashioned beer what about me joe (laughs) six-pack yeah coming home from your construction job you put your lunch pail down and you go to tabula rasa Mm -hmm. and you have a Mm -hmm. warhead sour yes um no no Oh, this is this is better than uh, I let on initially. It was it was just such a shocking. F- really you gotta you gotta let your tongue calibrate. Yeah, the tongue said, "All right, hold on a second. You're, we got something else going on here. Just cool it." Mike, your face when you took the first sip was just like the Warheads guy. Yeah, head all exploding and shit. Yeah, <laughs> top of my head fucking blowing up like a fucking atom bomb. <laughs> hey, you're kind of sounding like a uh, New York Nico there. <laughs> Is that influencer? <laughs> the foodie guy, Nico. Uh, the one that I've been sending you, that guy yeah. with the. Is that his name, Nico? I thought. Uh, I don't know, but he's he's, he's says a lot of uh, like uh, like your sister on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, Yo, that's uh, ten out of <laughs> it's ten out of five marrons. I'm gonna go to that. Uh, he just he just uh, reviewed the this deli? like. Yeah the the I think it's called John's Deli roast beef. It looked mm. really good. <laughs> Jeff's there we go. Jeff, you got uh, a new do. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you wearing. You look like you're wearing uh, the vampire wig from uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> you, <laughs> you look like a happy dog. Well, you know, you don't you don't shower so much. You can kind of it's like silly putty. Yeah, you just ooh, kind of form ooh. it into weird shapes. 
Anyway, I found out where this place is. I'm going. It's like a 50 minute sub ride. Thank you. Yeah. Love that for you. Mm hmm. Maybe I'll report on hey, it. Hey, can we talk about the fucking thing of the day? Sure. Please. Want me to bring it up? I would love you to do that. Well, if you if you read the title of this episode, you probably know. Today we're talking about the 1994 feature-length film directed by Michael Lehman, Airheads. A luckless, hey, we talked about heads, music and now tri- we're talking Airheads. That's that's right. Oh yeah, another funny. candy too. A luckless heavy metal trio just <laughs> want to get their music heard, even if it means taking over a radio station and holding hostages with Adam Sandler. <laughs> Michael McKeon, <laughs> Michael Richards, and of course, John Melendez as constant masturbating rocker. <laughs> wow. This is one I'm sure you guys have seen. Yeah. Is is John Melendez like the host of, uh, oh, is it Stuttering John? Is that who he is? Or is, yeah. or is it? Right. Was Wait he the host a minute. Yeah. Because at first I was like, I think that's Stuttering John. But then I was like, or is it the guy who hosted Headbangers Ball? It is. I, I looked it up. Stuttering yeah. John from Stuttering Howard John. Stern. Howard Baba Booey. I've seen this movie. We all yes. saw it probably on Comedy Central because they ran they ran this shit constantly. So much. But uh-huh. I saw this in theaters, and it was my first exposure to the Sandman. Wow. Really? Yeah. He's pretty. He's pretty good in this. He's. Uh, yeah, he's great. Pip. I think. I think he he kind of carries bits of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. funny as fuck. This this unfortunately is a twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's Ooh. that's rotten. It's kind of rotten. Now what what was rotten. your personal what were your personal relationships with this Jeff? You saw it in the theaters, then you saw it in Comedy Central. Is it a Jeff film? Here's the thing: I have fond memories of Airheads because I I was I went to it with my buddy Greg, who also brought me to Billy Madison maybe like the next summer. Sure. Oh, interesting. And. Uh, I remember being like, oh, I remember that guy from Airheads because I didn't watch yeah. SNL back then. Right. Uh-huh. But I knew Farley for whatever and reason. And you, you didn't listen to They're All Gonna Laugh at You until we did it on this pod, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. That's amazing. But um, he, He's from your home state, Jeff. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, what a stacked cast. We got two fucking Ghostbusters in this movie. Yeah, that's It's true. crazy. Every. Everybody, some. I mean, we even have Alan Covert as one of the cops. Yeah, <laughs> hey, isn't that where they met the two of them? Really? I, I thought you met. You brought it up where they met one. So maybe if you don't, if you don't know, oh, that, is that I, is that the guy who's in like all the Happy Madison stuff? Yeah, uh-huh. Grandma's boy. Ah, yeah. I think he uh, must have been like Sandler's boy from Massachusetts. Well, I do think I think we brought up know. the Wikipedia page, and they did. We we were like he was also a stand-up, I think, but but. It could have been that they met. Oh, I thought we found out they like met on a movie or something. Or I bet it was Airheads. I think you're right. Uh, Sandler, or not Sandler, uh, Farley was so funny in this for the amount of screen time. Like, yeah, every little move he made was so fun. Like, even when he just pops in a frame. Yeah, the guy had it going on. He's got that it factor that I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got the shit factory, <laughs> but he's got the it <laughs> When I'm in the men's room, sure. Mm-hmm. It's um, funny that this this uh, every time had so much comedy talent in it, mm-hmm. but doesn't feel made by, it doesn't feel like it's made by Happy Madison. It doesn't feel like it's no. made by Lorne. Yeah. It does no, feel no. like a studio yeah. comedy that is just populated with like 
a, in retrospect, all-star cast, like top to bottom. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so weird watching it now and recognizing all the faces, um, being like, wow, they cast the hell out of this thing. But but it is, there's something off about it where I watched this a million times on Comedy Central and me and my friend would always quote like certain lines, like like Dick Cheeseburger <laughs> and uh, I used to masturbate constantly. And like we had like, even like teeny little things from it. We quoted, like, we always talked about David Arquette's funny run once he gets released and he's doing, like, a triumphant <laughs> oh, yeah. run yeah. through the crowd. But but I think we knew, we were like, Sandler's in it and we love him. And there's quotable lines, but it feels like, I don't recognize the name of the writer or the director. And mm-hmm. it, it is this strange thing where it's like, Brendan Fraser's character is like, supposed to have this he's kind of a heart on his sleeve guy and we're supposed to be rooting for him in a way that i don't give a fuck yeah. and like they kind of thought the emotional arc was gonna carry this movie and yeah. it just it just doesn't feel like a comedy enough like because the the jokes are sort of just like metalhead lingo here and there you know and just not enough comedians it, it does feel like oh. stuck between two movies doesn't it like yeah mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I wanted it to be funnier and more threatening. Well, it's it's weird to have like Michael McKeon as the douchey executive, and that's a, a comedy actor, and he's doing his thing, and that's great. But then for, for like the cool, fun DJ to have Joe Montaigne, <laughs> you're like, what? I like that guy, but why would you choose him? That's is so he strange. is he the voice of Fat Tony in uh, The yes. Simpsons? Okay. Yes, and he's he used to own a deep dish pizza place in the valley called taste of chicago oh Ah. uh, i i found a great um oral history of airheads on consequence hell yeah which i think used to be consequence of sound yes and they broadened out from away from just music consequence of everything now it's just consequence.net but uh there's uh, i'm sure i'll be pulling consequence of airheads i'll be pulling little insights from their oral history of airheads but one of the things i saw was that joe montaigne was uh (laughs) <laughs> was was cooking in like the food trucks <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. he was cooking up a sauce between takes because <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of guy he is mm-hmm. i bet that they wrote that role for bill murray right that's who they're picturing is mm-hmm. like he's a fun guy and he's middle-aged and he's goofing uh you mentioned that you mentioned the director before yeah he had I done heathers oh heathers Hudson Hawk. These are the ones I recognize. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Hudson Truth Hawk. about cats and dogs. My Giant, which mm-hmm. which had a Billy Crystal oh, and the, yeah. the big guy. Uh, Forty Days and Forty Nights, and that's all I recognize. Is Forty Days and Forty Nights like a virginity comedy? Like a, um, I believe so. It's Josh. Uh, yeah, Josh Hartner trying yeah, not to. Like yeah, so all of that. That's a mix of like family comedies and like teen comedies, and it's not. He's that's not a comedy person. But the writer was like a music guy, mm. uh, which was part of why he. I mean, this was his second movie. His first movie was The Stone Age. Then he had Airheads. Then he had Jerky Boys. He gets a writing credit on Jerky Boys. Oh, uh, and then. I don't know. I guess he did some other stuff. Triple X. He, he, I guess he wrote all the triple X's. Yeah, I'm just seeing that. He was a guy who had a lot of heat early on because he was like a young musician-ish writer. Interesting. But I guess, I guess the uh, the main problem was that the, the studio wanted it to be more of a comedy comedy and the director wanted it to be more of a, uh, here he is, Michael Lehman saying, 
I wish I could have mated the R-rated version of the movie. That's the only thing that doesn't sit perfectly with me today. I feel like, you know, if they hadn't been so resistant to that. And then he goes Mm. on to say, like, Adam Sandler originally had a tattoo on his neck, and they were like, no, we're not going to have some dude with a tattoo on his neck. That's way too radical. (laughs) And they they wanted uh, Brendan Fraser to wear leather pants. And they said, no, that's too crazy. He's got to wear jeans. <laughs> so just like just little stupid things that um, remind me of when Chappelle was talking about uh, talking about making half-baked. Yeah. And he was kind of picturing like a harder, more threatening version. Yeah. And then the director sort of made like a bright, colorful version of the same script. Well, and- it's funny with, with like Brendan Fraser. He just kind of looks like generic rock guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and almost like in 94, I guess that was happening in LA, but like it just looks like guy, like the way he like kind of walks around in his leather jacket and his hair and stuff just looks like what you would think that type of person does. They blame yeah. it flopping on the fact that it was sort of making fun of metalheads, but was also mm. for metalheads. Mm. And I don't think that was the problem. I don't think any metalhead would be like this. These guys are talking exactly or, what I'm or talking like, about. <laughs> but like, you know, back then it was tough to get any musicians to give their music to this movie because music musicians back then in the grunge era were so anti-establishment, so anti-capitalist. They didn't want to mm-hmm. give their music to a to a big movie. So it was just like, uh, you know, they got White Zombie, they got they got Lemmy in there. They try they tried to kind of be authentic. Oh yeah, Lemmy was in the crowd. He was. They used him at the wrong time too. He I know was like, he was in like that the joke run. That was beat. like the second. <laughs> it didn't. I guess like you're going on. I masturbate constantly as because his thing is like I collected stamps or something kind of not as nerdy. It, it is weird to build from Lemmy to Stuttering John. <laughs> I'm sure that was a a product a producer's note being like, uh, yeah, nobody knows who this person is, so we'll just go with like the the jerk off joke is right. the last thing. Hmm. Man. I do get it. Uh, I don't know. Those examples of the R-rated things were not very uh, harsh, but I do think a harsher, darker version of this movie, I I would at least understand more. Because right now, yeah, it looks like a comedy and it feels like a comedy, but but they're not delivering enough characters and jokes and stuff like that. So it does just, it does like sit somewhere. Like a metalhead's not going to watch this at all. A metalhead wants to watch like you know mm-hmm. something that's badass man mm-hmm. but also uh, i guess the director really hung his hat on like the studio did like the script even though they didn't agree with authenticity versus a broad comedy yeah. but they let him cast it how he wanted and so mm-hmm. the suits weren't sold on sandler sandler wasn't a proven commodity yet and he got he got sandler and that was like a win and then he also he wanted Bashemi because he was like, Bashemi's really funny, but he's like an indie comedy guy. And the suits were always like, yeah, but if we cast him, does that say comedy? And it's true. Uh-huh. Back then, like when I saw this movie, I was like, oh, there's that one kind of guy who's actually scary. The guy who's right, first told like the Reservoir the Dogs guy. And, and, you know, he is sort of like bug-eyed, crazy Bashemi. Yeah, yeah. Is, he, is that where he and Sandler met each other, maybe? I mean, it's oh. definitely the first project they've done together. Yeah. Huh. But uh, it, it, it sits in this weird place. But for me, if we want to get into it, what turns me off from this movie is the creative put downs, the creative swearing. Oh, yeah. Th- this, yeah. this is like the one thing that I think 
when I was a kid and now I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't need to hear that, about. And that's like, like most of the jokes is like you, but, and they're just yeah. resting uh, on, on, oh, hanging but, their but on. I did like that's, I've never heard yeah, that. That, that was, that was one of the better ones, <laughs> but there's a lot of that where it's like heavy metal guys <laughs> probably are dumb. So they have these types of ways of talking and that like, uh, I would say like two thirds of the jokes in the movie are just that like, yeah. lingo. I, I got the sense that a lot of that the the lingo they were making up to was homophobic uh, stuff. Uh, a little bit. Like you, I feel you, like you, you blank blanker. I always kind of thought mm. maybe. I can't think of any specific ones, but it seemed like oh uh, maybe you wouldn't say that these days. You same sex fucker that type of thing. Right. I, I guess I'm talking more about like the unrealistic ways in which they're like, come on, dick lickers. They don't say dick lickers, but yeah. In any like, don't movie. be a pud. Or like there's a lot of uh, pud talk. There was one I wrote. I don't Doof. remember the context, but I wrote down bag that was that was it was like bag that. <laughs> let's not talk. Each, let's not talk ourselves out of some future jobs. But that's the thing that I don't like about so so many comedies is unrealistic dialogue, especially when it comes to like insults and put downs. I love it. I love any type of dialogue. I'll do it. You know, <laughs> work with any type of dialogue. It's fine. You'll work with any type of dialogue? It's fine. It's whatever you say. Okay. Well, hired. <laughs> hired, I guess. I feel like that's a go-to thing on TV shows and like, you know, Apatow movies and... Easy! Hey, yeah. come on. Diablo Cody. Um, Tina Fey had a thing that I love where she said that, calling herself out in, in the 30 Rock room, where they would say, smells like a joke, meaning like they didn't totally write a joke but it's the you you funnily word a sentence and you put it in your first draft of the script and you're like, uh, how's this? Yeah. And it's like, no, you circle back and then you write a joke, you know? And I think a lot of film people, if I'm allowed to dunk on them, uh, a lot of filmmakers who think they're funny but they're not comedians do that, you know, where they're just like, uh, yeah, you said Diablo Cody, Diablo Cody. Never wrote a joke ever, but wrote like, a lot okay, of... okay, shit waffler. This one doodle that can't get undid, <laughs> uh, home skillet. And yes, it gets a laugh at a table read because it just sounded like something you're supposed to laugh at a, at a table read. And then for yeah. uh, for whatever reason, some of these movies get the um, get the reputation of like, and and kids do talk like this. This is how kids talk. No, it's fucking not. Yeah. What's interesting, quote unquote, about this movie is that you've come up with really inventive ways of just saying like dickhead. Mm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it really would help to just have a really, really funny person say dickhead like, like Tim me. Robinson or, mm. or Cal Pacas. He was too young at the time. Tim Robinson. <laughs> yeah. It would have been weird. It, it's funny to, to me that uh, we've talked about this, Tim Stifler. Sean mm. William Scott is maybe the only guy in a movie to say dick liquor and like uh, stuff like that. That is <laughs> actually funny. funny. Like movie. does actually sell. It <laughs> yeah. it works as like a I'm saying a dumb thing and then also I'm a jock douchebag saying a funny thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you it's know a weird what he's wa- line to, to be. He he doesn't get caught in that zone. Uh, I, I like succession, but it pisses me off so yes, much. Perfect. When you're when when someone says like, 
Oh, so you're this douche fucking, nozzle? Yeah, all that shit. Uh, but <laughs> it, yeah, you, you the the after the fact they could be like, well, see, we're making fun of douchey billionaires in New York and how they talk, and it's like, nah, you were trying to be cool. You you like it? You know you like it. <laughs> This is why the creator and showrunner of Succession and I have sort of a contentious relationship. <laughs> yeah. We got to listen to his podcast to see what he's yeah. saying. See what he's yeah. saying. <laughs> he's probably saying there's certain lyrics to Sloppy Boy songs that just don't work for him. Uh, Damn. Kind of in the same the same vein of like a made up reality. When when Chester is being, or Chaz being called out as Chester, it's like, uh. You know, I used to be uncool, or I used to wear. You know, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. And are we like you were? Everyone in the crowd is supposed to be like, "Oh, this guy wasn't cool from like the day he was born. He had to learn yeah. how to be cool." Like, it, yeah. it just it was just, it was just a fake. No one would if you have a cool person. No one would be like, "Oh my God, Prince used to wear glasses and uh, in- work on his computer." You'd be like, "Oh well, he turned out to be a cool dude." And now I feel like there is this awareness that metal is nerdy. Yes, Whereas, totally. If that back then the idea that like a tough guy would do metal, no way. It's all nerds. And uh, you know, like it's it's all Dungeons and Dragons shit. Led Zeppelin was all into Tolkien, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's not crazy at all to think. But you got to remember, this is before the age of the nerd. Mm. You know, like no, there Revenge was this, of the Nerds was out. <laughs> but like the the renaissance of like oh it's a nerd's world now uh ah, there, now we have bazinga. g4 tv yeah bazinga and stuff <laughs> you know oh mike you were such a nerd when you said that just now so back then it might it, the common person didn't know that maybe metal was dorky yeah you know what uh, speaking of just wording a sentence this isn't necessarily like <laughs> the uh like trying to get a huge laugh, but it did make me rewind it when like Brendan Fraser gets hit in the nose and he's like, Oh my snout. Yeah. I thought that's what he said. <laughs> I was like, did he say snout? How did you guys feel about Brendan Fraser? Because I was watching him intently. Yeah. Being like, okay, he's only done Encino man. Basically. Ooh, I like Encino ah. man. I, I remember liking Encino man. And that was my first exposure to him. And then looking at him in this movie, I was like, oh, I get why people thought that he was like a hunk. He's like a hunky dude. Yeah. But I thought he was a fairly capable, like, comedic actor. Yeah, he was fine. He wasn't, he he was like the, uh, not the comedy guy, and he did a good job. It's just weird to choose that. It's that thing we don't like where the main character of a comedy being like, we're supposed to see him as this tragic figure. He's a he's a struggling artist, and he wants to make one song to last the test of time. Yeah. I kind of like don't ask us to care about him. You know, but he yeah. said snout. <laughs> he did, and he also did that thing I hate with like quote unquote badasses in movies and TV, where they they sit in weird spots, like they <laughs> sit up on counters. I mean, the the, the go to is like turning the chair around, and sitting backwards. But yeah, why yeah, does yeah. every like Metally type guy in this era have to like hop up on something and put his like boot up on, <laughs> the, cool. on the oh table damn, we gotta start like, doing that man no more chairs for us okay yeah it reminds me of like uh, Cody and Step by Step I've never seen Mike sit in a chair weird or sit anywhere weird ever no I sit in the where I meant to sit correctly yes yes posture up um 
Did you guys uh, watching this film? A big treat for me was uh, keeping my little peepers open for L.A. shooting locations. Oh, I saw they drove by Tang's Donuts. I saw Tang's Ah. Donuts, too. And I saw it and I was like, that can't be the the same one. Maybe there's multiple. And I pulled it up on Google Maps and they changed the sign, but it's the same fucking Tang's Donuts. Totally. It was out the window of the van and I saw Tang's and I was like, Tang's, we don't really care about Tang's, but that shopping center is Jay's Bar and Garage Pizza. And that's like a place we go to a lot. It was thrilling to see that. that. Um, And then a thing that was a fun little, I don't even know if they meant it as a wink, but there, this this movie has major diehard vibes, right? Yep. There's a hostage situation, yep. and there's climbing and vents and stuff. And there's a guy, and it all vents, takes yeah. place at fucking Nakatomi. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The the radio station is the the parking garage, right? Of the Fox Tower. I used to make delivers deliveries to Nakatomi all the time, and I would park in that parking garage. It's mm. so funny. I kept looking in the movie because. You know, even where people assemble and where the SWAT vans pull up, it feels like right outside Nakatomi, but they never show it. And I was like, well, what's this other building there? And you're right. It's the parking garage. They just put KPPX yeah. or whatever the hell, the whatever it is on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Rebel radio. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of being up in the vents, uh, uh, Kramer, Cosmo mm-hmm. Kramer was in the movie. And do you think they told him like, hey, just act like Kramer. Or like, you know, because he did, he like he bumped into the glass and like popped back a bunch. And like Seinfeld uh, was new, like he had started Seinfeld. Right? Seinfeld was like four years away from it would being be, done. By the time that movie came out, Seinfeld was on top. Maybe when they shot it, it wasn't the biggest hit. But Seinfeld started in '89, and by '94, it's shit. like '89. Yeah, like the pilots, like '89. <laughs> yeah, it just. Uh, I wonder how they what they told him to do, or if they said you do your thing, um, my man. He always says like I've seen some of his old bits that he did on the Tonight Show and stuff. And when he's not being mm-hmm. Kramer, he still has that twitchiness to him. Ah, <laughs> um, I remember back in the Seinfeld heyday, reading a magazine profile on uh, Michael Richards, and it said that he was like a very serious guy, and he takes acting very seriously. Mm-hmm. And here's what he's like in his private life. And I thought this was the coolest thing in the world as a kid to read. He likes to go to the bottom of his, the deep end in his swimming pool in, in scuba gear and just sit in a lawn chair. Uh, and he'll just like sit there kind of like meditating, but he just breathes a whole scuba tank of oxygen. Hmm. So he's just down there for like an hour and then he comes up. Okay. I think that's cool too, actually. <laughs> that's what they're doing out in Beverly Hills these days. <laughs> sure. Okay. Give this guy more money. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Something reminded me of... We don't know what you were going to say, Mike. You have to think of it. What, what, what was I going to say? Oh, it was... Speaking of uh, pools, when Sandler... There's a part when Sandler's like... <laughs> actually, there's there's two funny jokes in a row. And one's more subtle. But like Sandler's like, I don't know. If we get paid, I'm going to uh, get an underwater drum kit so I can get dunked underwater for my my solos, which is like <laughs> impossible to do because you can't move your hands that fast. Yeah. And then Buscemi walks in and looks at him like, oh, what an idiot. And then goes up to Brendan Fraser and is, is like, hey, when I, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get a full leather jumpsuit with a crotch cut out. <laughs> <laughs> As if like Sandler's idea is insane, but I'm going to get this. Like he had a lot of little weirdo, he's a weirdo sex guy type things yeah yeah but at the end when he starts like humping the bass he's like hey stop doing that (laughs) 
Oh, that that was that was very classic '90s gay panic type joke where it was like he was humping and then he looks down at the guys and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm being right. sexual." Well, this is at the, at the end yeah. when they're like, uh, "The Lone Rangers <laughs> live in prison." Oh man, that's mm-hmm. guys. We got to cover Degenerator. That what's Johnny doing home on a Friday night? I don't think no. that's their song. I oh, think that's. I looked it up. It's a Reagan Youth song, oh. which is like uh, which is like a punk band. I don't know. Degenerated. I thought it was cool. It was all right. I, I didn't like it personally. But the uh, the, <laughs> the the Lone uh, Rangers at one point described their sound as power slop. <gasps> I thought that was funny when they couldn't just like they kept having different ideas for what the song was called. Mm-hmm. So- song? I should have said song or sound. Um. I thought it was funny too because we're talking about the era where it's like the, the the hair metal heyday would be Sunset Strip in the eighties, and then we all know how old King Kurt came down from uh, Washington mm-hmm. State and got oh, the yeah. grunge going. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was funny that these guys, Brendan Fraser, had a line that was like, "You like that Seattle crap?" Yeah. So it's so it's like they're aware that their time has. Past. Like this type of music isn't mainstream in 1994. Yeah. 1994 is like Dookie and stuff, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're even past Nirvana. This this would have been like the the great the Guns and Roses. Like they were trying to be a Guns yeah. and Roses yes. type band. Which, by the way, like the director in this in this uh, oral history says that like this wasn't my era music uh, era of music, but I found it really endearing how like. We're we're the ones out there, and only only the other bands and their girlfriends are there listening to us. It was the lived experience of like the rock and roller, who was younger than him. Right. Watching the movie now, I really didn't like that line about like uh, shitting on John Lennon and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, you 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 can sh- I guess shit on John Lennon and the Beatles, but then you can't be like shitty guns and roses type dudes <laughs> right to me i'm sure uh, i mean axel is probably a huge uh, beatles fan i'm just i'm just not a guns and roses sunset strip you know butt rock we we've talked I, we've i'm talked not either butt rock i, I I'm never re- i'm actually i'm currently reading a book uh oh. w- about guns and roses and look look okay. we love appetite but beyond that come on dude i'm i'm just getting to the i don't even appetite. love appetite i don't either uh, i love appetow it's this this book. Uh, what's it called? It's uh, it's Guns and Roses. It's like the last. It's in the other room. It's like the last giant. I bet it's called uh, Purple Rain. Uh, but rain is spelled like a, a rain of terror. Mm-hmm. That's good. Rain. Oh, purple rain. Called... November rain. Yeah. Not there purple you go. rain is Prince. Fuck this. Uh, but anyway, this book is uh, interesting. Just these guys are such fuck ups, and I can't believe anything. Uh, like they were constantly trying to. Uh, uh, destroy their own careers but there was something if did you notice in the in this this movie somebody's walking by and they're like hey let's get the guy who did the gun the um welcome to the jungle video mm. yep. he's because somebody's like oh they're, he's too expensive all right then get the guy who did welcome to the jungle i wonder if that is a very inside thing because mm. in the book i'm reading the band great white you know that band it's a band called or no Vaguely. White Snake. Sorry, yeah, White Snake. Either Great White or White Snake. I forget which one it is. Great they White is the, the one that had like the fire. I, th- I think uh, White Snake would have been. Is here I go again on my own. Yes, White Snake. It was they were on Geffen, which Guns N' Roses were also on Geffen to do the uh, 
first Welcome to the Jungle video, they didn't have any money or much money. And White Snake also had a video that they were doing. So the director took, f- he had four days of shooting with White Snake. He pushed that down to two and then made Guns N' Roses two days. So he's like, took the same crew and just said, you guys are working on two different videos, but I'm doing it for the same amount of money. So I wonder if that was a little very inside. Damn. And it seems like you are inside baseball, Mike. You're kind of part of the scene. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That line, was that when Brendan Fraser was like walking around the the record company in the very beginning? No, it was towards the end when like uh, Judd... When the the stage is getting like airlifted down? Before that, yeah, when they're like figuring that out. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, wow. Guns and Roses. Hey, here, here. Oh, was here's, a great... here's something interesting from that Guns and Roses book. Slash, we all know who Slash is. Sure. You know who? So his dad, his mom and dad were kind of like L.A. people and Cantors, right? You know, had, uh, that was their buddy. But yeah, damn. They they were friends with celebrities, and Slash got his name from uh, Seymour Cassell. Max Fisher's father in Russia. <gasps> he was like, look at this guy slashing all around. His name's Slash. Because he was like running around a party or something. Slashing all around. I'm going to get into, I guess, like final thoughts sort of territory. Hold on. I have a one more thing I want to say. Okay, go for it. I might have one too. Hmm. All right, two more things. Okay. Okay, can I, but I want to say two things. Hey, wait, I host this show. All right, this three segment. more and whatever Mike wants to do. Right. <laughs> Is this good for the listener to know how many things they're going to hear? <laughs> <laughs> Well, one one fast one is just that at one point, uh, Steve Buscemi, Steve Steve Buscemi, I heard him say his name. He says Steve Buscemi. Right, right, right. Hmm. I'm, I'm stuck, stuck on Buscemi. I'm interested. At one story. point, he was wearing a he was holding a Michelob with the old bottle we love, lantern shape. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, but here's here's the deep reference that I loved. Brendan Fraser is cursing out Michael McKean, and he says, uh, "You and your Hager slacks. You know that brand." I think, or is it, it's H-A-G-G-A-R, I think. Yeah, I I, I know of them, but I only know them like as I, Hager Slacks. It's, I thought it was such a great, it's like, we always talk about how we wear a lot of Van Heusen button-down shirts. Yeah. But you've you never heard Van Heusen said out loud, because it's like a men's brand that's only at outlets and no one cares about it. Yeah. Uh, I think that that Hager or Hager or Hagar or whatever, it's uh, it's like a brand of khakis that you would only see at like TJ Maxx or Marshalls, and I thought <laughs> it was very funny to say it out loud in a movie. Hey, they still oh, exist. Uh, when, wow. Look speaking of Hagar or Hager, how about uh, in the Van Halen split? Whose sides you take? What? <laughs> David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? Hagar. This guy's a cop. <laughs> so very funny. Also, Harold Ramis as a cop is very funny. Like, yeah, busted. Yeah, guy. yeah. sure, I am a cop. <laughs> they moved a lot of units after after the breakup. They showed him like with a gun. I'm gonna read a little uh, quote from Layman about Harold Ramis. Please, oh. he says, "I remember Bernie Brolstein, who was my manager at the time. We were talking about Harold, and he said, "Oh, Harold Ramis, he loves to act.'" And he kept telling me how much Harold loved to act because Harold was a writer and director. And I'd seen Harold way back on SCTV and I had been a fan and I knew him. And so I kind of squeamishly approached him and said, would you be in my movie? And the great thing was he said yes. And once he showed up on set, it was like the second coming of Jesus. Every single comedy person on the movie, they immediately flocked to him because more than anything else, I think because of Caddyshack. Mm. What the fuck is he talking about? He directed Caddyshack. But it's Egon. 
Ghostbusters, yeah, jeez. How, how was how was him being oh, yeah. Egon not the main thing, right? About hmm. ever any about his life? Yeah, no, definitely he's most famous as Egon by a hundred thousand miles. Egon Spangler, <laughs> the one and only. Hell yeah! Not for directing Carl Spackler. <laughs> oh, Egon Spangler, Carl Spackler. That's weird. No, that's, that's weird. Of, I guess that's just one of those things. That's freaky. Um. I really liked my last little thing I'll say about something I liked was this. Uh, when they go to when when uh, um, Chaz is at the record company at the beginning of the movie, he's getting out of the elevator and those guys all sh- came out with those big cat in the hat hats on. And they're like managers walking with him. He's like, if be crazy, if, if you have the urge, I think he says, like, have the urge to wet your pants, go with it. They like anarchy. Uh, and then they're like, well, what should we say? He's like, you don't say anything. <laughs> like this, this idea of just like such a novelty act. They dress all in cat in the hat hats and he's like, go crazy. Yeah, that's like what that. I don't say anything. I got to wonder how the Zoomer audience, you know, our young hip um, Patron Zoomer audience. I mean, we don't have a listener over five years old. Do they watch this and they're like, what's a radio station, man? What's a record company? Mm, interesting. They're probably like, oh, is it like a Sirius XM station? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this where the podcasts get made? Oh, jeez. Well, we're on a podcast. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's all you listeners. Uh, radio station is like, um, it's like Earwolf on acid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or I guess like not on it, off of acid. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like the uh, not not the last gasp, but it's maybe the heyday of like the old record industry where you did rely on radio, and there are a lot of a lot of barbs where they would like go in and find CDs and be like, "This is good stuff. Why don't you play this stuff? Because yeah. they're not hits. Well, they're not hits because you don't play them. Yeah, that that is such a bygone thing of like. They're like, we can get, take anything we want, and they go to the CDs. Like, uh, yeah. oh, CDs. Like, uh, Grabbing chunks of hey, CDs. I, CDs nuts. I go, on, I go on Spotify. I can get any tune I want. Mike, that's awesome. And if it's not there, I go on YouTube. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's oh, my God. This guy, uh, man. Yeah. This guy, man. He does it. Um, this hey, guy, does it for we have, Guys, one thing we missed... The opening title sequence is cool as fuck, huh? Yeah, it's cool. I wrote that down. Yeah, it's like a stop motion thing, stop and it's motion, all rock and like, roll stuff. And then there's one shot of breakfast. I, yeah, I love that. It. It's like the 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 denim and the pizza and all the stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's it's very well, fun. It's it's all it's like rock and roll rolly stuff. stuff. But then there's one shot of like scrambled eggs and coffee, and then it's right back Hell to yeah. rock and roll stuff. Dude, mm-hmm. rockers love to have a nice cup of coffee with their eggs. Ooh, I do. Hey, when we shot the Slophead video, I got shots of pancakes. Uh, dude, when we shot the, uh, fucking, uh, lifeguard video, I brought, uh, coffee for the whole cast and crew. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Tim right, famously, we that know thing. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I brought a Starbucks carrier for the entire crew. <laughs> the entire crew, which was the three of us, and a camera person, and another helper. A, a friend with a camera. <laughs> but you did it. You really did it. was did a catered it. event. Well, there you have it, folks. Wait, hold on. Um, We've, we also got Lucifer's Pizza. Continue. Okay. <clears throat> Lucifer's Pizza, that stuff is hot, hot, hot by the slice. <laughs> folks, 
that's gonna do it uh, here at uh, the movie uh, the little movie corner hour we got going on here do yourself a favor and go watch Brendan Fraser's Airheads Airheads. hey how did you guys watch it because I did I did my Cinemax free trial and I'm about to cancel it me too I'm gonna I I gotta remember to cancel that I'm gonna cancel that right now Jesus Christ yeah shit it was on Hulu for me because I I have Hulu TV so it was part of the Cinemax family oh you got a bundle I bundled it up does it really feel Mike like honestly does it feel like being part of a family when you are kind of part of the Cinemax bundle I I I mean this Christmas I I went out and bought uh, gifts for every station every channel (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah you know Wow, I guess this this Warheads beer is pretty good. It's it's good. Thank you very much to uh, Eric Kang for hooking that up. Are you finished? The Kanger. Hmm. You finished? Yeah, I got probably a sip. Two, two sips. mouthfuls left. All right. Mm, I'll tell you yeah. what's finished. My Cinemax subscription just canceled. Oh. Boosh. Love love to see that easy cancellation. <laughs> which which is not a selling point for us, but we. Our Patreon is easily cancelable, but please don't. Don't. No. Please don't. I, I, we shouldn't even bring up just how it's really one a one-click. It's a uh, sign-in and click-off. You're done. To save a lot of money and save a lot of time and cut a lot of bullshit out of your life is only yeah, one-click, but refocus, we don't want to talk about that. Refocus on your family, friends, your hobbies. The work you gotta do. You know what's easier to do than canceling our Patreon is you reach into your wallet you grab the card with the numbers on it that match what you put into the Patreon. You yeah. take some scissors, snip it in half. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I when I listen back to these uh, episodes, when we sort of spot check it, I always say to myself, "I gotta remind us not to talk about this as much <laughs> about the money stuff, <laughs> the money, t- you Why? know, because it's a little gauche." It's gauche, and it's just like, I'm sure a listener doesn't want to hear about it. Sure, they, maybe a normal listener, but what about a little, uh... Wow, that's that's their business, isn't it? It's yep. Their, it's their nasty little business. Yes, it's their <laughs> nasty little, uh, swiney little bovine business. Yeah. yeah. Getting their bovine. curly little tail mixed in everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. The <laughs> dirty little feet stomping around, probably. Mm-hmm. Hooves, hooves, oink, oink. <laughs> swirly little tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's do- now. Now we're done. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>